Blog Talk Radio.
live tonight from Las Vegas. Yes, Las Vegas, the Circa, baby. You ask me if I'm getting tired of this place, and uh, we're not even getting started here. I've been, I get to, I like to explore a different part of the hotel. I don't even like to leave anymore because it's so hard to get back in. you got to get carded. I'm still tipping, so people still love me. The day I stop tipping, all of a sudden I won't be anybody's friend. But it's been a, it's been a really pleasant experience here at the Circa. And uh, we have a huge announcement, though, coming up. We are leaving the Circa. Not permanently. We are going on a 90-day tour across America. Like I said last night, uh, what were the numbers from last night? 182,371. So not too shabby. We had 112 Americans listening. So I figured out, you know what, I'm going to get in an RV. And we're going to put the logo on the side of the van. And we're going to load it up with THCA, take it across the country. Because it's legal. We can go through, we can smoke it in Montana. But we'll get into that about the, the weed and all that stuff on the marijuana show. That's tomorrow night. That's the marijuana happy hour, Thursday nights. They want an only marijuana happy hour returns on Thursday. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. Tonight's just Johnny. It's just me. I'm not taking your calls. I'm not looking at your chats. I'm just here to put a show on and not worry about you. Okay? You want to get in? You want to call in? You want to call in? Tomorrow night's the show. Tomorrow night's the show for the interaction. All right? Tonight's just me. No phone number. No nothing. I turned the chat off. I don't even want to see it. None of you even have anything nice to say. You were saying mean things last night. It almost made me cry. So I can't look at the chats anymore. It's very bunch of dirt bags trying to get in. So my favorite time to go to the hotel. We'll get into the show here in just a minute. I got some developments into the writer's strike. But what I like to do on Thursdays is go down to the go down to the um, cafe that they have down there, and I like to. You can see. Right at the checkout desk, so you get to see. I got to see all of these dirt bags check out their America bandanas and no shirts. Still, no same look. I think they just wear those clothes. I don't even think they shower. I think they just wear the same clothes wherever they go. I think they have one set of clothes. It's like a, it's like a costume. It's like that's it. It's like, like Angus Young from ACDC, or it's just the same costume every day. I swear to God, that guy was wearing the same shirt I saw last night. So most of the dirtbags checked out because they were here just for the 4th of July. Now they have to go back to their homes. Thank God. We want to see these people now for another year because they're poor. They save up and come to one. And you get to see the new talent checking in. Oh, my God. We got a good group of Mary Kay ladies. Mary Kay pretty much has a whole floor this weekend, so... The last time I stayed in the hotel room with a bunch of Mary Kay ladies, uh, it was, might have been the greatest. One, of them. I always say it's the greatest ever. It was one of the greatest. It really was. They, those chicks really come to fuck. Most of them are married. Some of them, this is only three of them they've had in years. It is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun weekend. A lot of hot ladies. They know how to put the makeup on. I don't care. 50s, 60s. Most of them are in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And then the, now there's the new crop coming in, too. The 20-year-olds. Them 20-year-old Mary Kay chicks know how to party, if you know what I'm saying. Started noticing a lot of the pink cars getting checked in. You know what I'm saying? All right. I'll be checking in some pink shit this weekend for Mary Kay. I'll be... Hitting every Mary Kay I can get my hands on. Looks like we got a good group this weekend checking in. Yeah, I just sit at the cafe, I just order breakfast, sit and eat my pancakes and my bacon and Yeah. I'm serious, man. For hanging out just yesterday, just hanging out for an hour, I'm already starting to talk like him. I don't understand what's going on with my boys. I I I I think I have a mental defect now. I think them dirt bags broke me. Now I got a different I I have a completely different uh accent and talk. I talk funny. 
why you talk so funny for us? All right, we're losing it. Conceptoni. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a good group, good group checking in this weekend. We got, it looks like a couple of uh, bachelorette parties. No. The cool thing is that all the chicks love the circa. The women love the circa because of the pool. The pool is amazing. Just look it up. It's just the most amazing place. So we got a good group of women, a few married couples, but uh, I got my eyes on a couple of them, and I think it's going to be a good weekend. I think we're going to have a good catch. What we like to do here is catch and release. We like to catch and release women because I got to leave anyways. Stay with women, you know, fall in love with them, stay with them for two days. Like, ah, I got to get back. I got uh, my husband and what, five kids. You're like, oh, I didn't even know you were married. Well, have fun. Make sure you bring my sperm home with you inside your pussy. All right, there you go. Hopefully you're, oh, well, you're married. You probably just want to touch you anyways. So anyways, the new crop is in and it's looking good. It's looking good. Good crop. Good crop. Yep. And then, I don't know what's coming. You know, I just I was just hanging out there for about a half hour, eating breakfast, just checking it out. I do that every Thursday. It's a ritual. It's it's kind of cool while you settle into a ritual finally. When I first got here, there was so much. But now I know where to go, when to go, where to go there, and when what to get whenever I want. I got my cab driver friend that gets me anything I need at any time, anything. That's a little secret in Vegas, guys. The cab drivers are the guys with your hookups. What kind of hookups? What kind of hookups do you want? What are you into? You don't need to go spend thousands of dollars here and there. You just need to get in the cab and ask the guy, go, whatever you're into. You're like, where are you chicks? Show their assholes. Where can you go to see assholes? You got to go over here. Think over this guy's house, private private strip clubs. I don't know if you guys have been to a private strip club yet. But it is fucking insane. It is fucking insane. We'll talk about that on a whole other episode. We're going to save that for the sex episode. That was a fucking eye-opening experience, to put it mildly. Just debauchery at its best. Just smell of just raw sex, but we'll get into that on Friday, like we're saying on the sex show. Much like all Wednesday nights, will be just Johnny. This is just a night for me, where I don't have to deal with any of the kids and all of you whiners and complainers. I don't even open up, I'm not going to open the emails. I'm not even going to share the video tonight. I'm just here to have a good time. But the main thing I want to get into tonight is the writer's strike. And all of you know that I'm a writer. I've written for quite a few people. Everybody knows that I worked for Bill Maher a long time ago. I just came out of college. Broadcasting school. In Golden Valley, Minnesota. First job was writing for Bill Maher. And I got, a, got into writing some other shows. Many shows. The last show that I made me a lot of money was The Trophy Wife which was quite a few years ago. But then I've done, I've sat in, you know, on Comedy Central. I've sat in, I, I, I sit in now more than on a team because I can't work with a team anymore because all the writers are um, the absolute worst people on earth. They're horrible people. You can't sit in a room with them. Without, you're going to get sued or, or you can't raise, you can't do anything anymore. You can't do anything that's funny. You got to be a fucking robot. Like I said, I don't like these people. I thought everybody was like these people. You know, after being in writing rooms and all these years, I thought everybody was like super woke and super Hollywood. I've been out of LA now for like two months, sixty days almost, almost sixty days, and the world it doesn't work like that anywhere else. It's just there. So the writers are on strike, and I'm one of them. I'm on strike. I can't work anymore. There's no jobs. I mean, everything's getting canceled. Every TV show that's supposed to be on this fall, not going to be on. It's not going to be on. Tonight's show, the uh, Jimmy Kimmel show, 
the uh, what's that one on CBS that's completely unwatchable. I mean, like that is the worst. Just everybody's just so fucking woke, right? So we're on strike right now. A lot of people don't understand that the writers are on strike. They don't even know what writers do. So basically, what we do is we write stupid shit to make rich people happy, to make stupid people watch it. You're no longer able to be funny. Some of my funniest scripts I've written will never be touched because they're politically incorrect. They're actually funny. You know, I'm not a bitter writer at all, but the way this business has gone is, is bad. When's the last good comedy you've seen? I'll wait. There used to be a comedy out every week. You used to be able to go see, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then the next weekend would be fucking uh, Weekend at Bernie's, and then it would be, like, a 48 hours. or like a, It was a fucking comedy every week out. And now, when's the last comedy even released? That stupid the Fat Guy Without a Shirt movie? What's that guy's name? Like, the Fat Guy Without a Shirt? I don't even know. It's just the premise of the movie. Just It's too stupid for me even to, to want to see it. So basically every show um, that you're into, um, it's not happening. It's not happening. And uh, the writers aren't even close to accepting the deal. We're not close at all. They, I keep getting these emails. I'm not supposed to talk about it. But what do you do? Kick me out of an industry I don't want to be in? Oh, no. So everybody's, uh, everybody is pissed off because nobody's getting uh, residual checks from the streaming shows. Pretty simple. Like, you know, guys that wrote for Seinfeld, they're still getting paid to this day. Some of the writers from Seinfeld are making over a million dollars a year. Guys you don't even know. Guys like Spike Frenstein. Guy, guy wrote one season on there, and the guy's pulling in a million dollar check just for being a writer on the show. All the writers are really this. They paid millions of dollars every but what the problem is, is when you write Stranger Things or you do the, the Karate Kid movie show that everybody watches, millions and millions of people watch, and they'll continue to watch it for eternity. But the problem is, is you only get paid once for it. There's no residual. There's no nothing. You get your check, and that's it. Your $18,000 usually for a series. You're low, you know, you're low. You maybe make, maybe make 100 if you're a head writer. If you're like a big shot writer, maybe 200000 a year. So we don't get paid all that much. It's not like a very glamorous life being a, a writer at all. So what we're fighting for is maybe a little kickback on them uh, writing those shows. I mean, I wrote a bunch of shows that have, that have been on um, Netflix and Apple TV. I wrote a couple for Apple TV. I wrote on a couple of shows on um you call that Max Plus? All kinds of weird shit I've written. And just for another show, another time, we can go through my credits, but I don't Who cares? I've never, I've never been a lead writer. I'm just a little fucking shithead that sits in the corner, spits out one funny line, collects his check, and goes home. I've done it for a long time. So we're on strike. I can't work anywhere. Writing. And my manager keeps sending me this shit. I was like, I don't even care. I don't care. I'm, I don't. I was happy with the way that everything was working. And now they're worried about AI. And why are you worried about AI? Because you're very unoriginal. You're not funny. Everybody wants more money. A raise. Because it's so hard. It's so hard to write with 12 people. So hard. Oh, it's so hard. Oh. Yeah, fucking break. No, the hard part is is dealing with these fucking woke fucks in the room. I remember the last show I was working on, and this fucking weirdo comes in, you know, I don't know, he's just a guy, but like, I don't know, it's more like nail polish and doing the thing, and he goes, I identify as, I'm like, I don't even, I don't care. What the fuck? I don't care what you do or what you, I don't, I'm not interested in your Anything in your life. Can you just get to work? Get out of the room. Kicked out, fired, 
severance check, you're, you're not allowed to come back because you hurt Eric's feelings. He was crying. I didn't care what his gender was, whatever the, whatever the fuck. I don't care. I don't pay attention to this shit because not one person in Vegas that I've met, like I said, probably met a thousand people now since I've been here almost a month. Um, not one of them had to tell me the pronouns when I talked to them. There was no mention of pronouns. It's an illusion, folks. It's an illusion. So what does writing become anyways? Now they want to raise. We want to raise. You got to pay us more. You're already getting overpaid to begin with. So I just went to, I wanted to get an example tonight. I just wanted to go through and get an example of peace. And see, you know what? These people work hard every night. They're hard writers. This original material that they come up with is just, oh, it's fantastic. So 12 people in a collective room pretty much make the whole staff, they're pretty much putting about $300,000 per episode. I mean, per year. I don't even know. But, like, I just... There's so much money tied up in these 12 people in this room. Millions of dollars by the end of the year. I mean, you do five shows a week. I mean, it's millions, millions. 300 million, I think, by the end of the year with all of them. Then the people that come in, just sit in the room for 10 minutes and then get writing credits. I don't, it's crazy how this business works. It's all bullshit. But they're scared that AI is going to take over the job. You know, like, well, you because you're writing scared jokes, writing jokes for the um, people in your community in Hollywood and don't understand how the rest of the world works. You don't understand comedy. And when somebody, when a real genuine comedy comic comes along, you got to get rid of them. you got to get rid of them. Ask Roseanne. Ask the, the the list goes on. Ask Sharon Osbourne. What the fuck did Sharon Osbourne even say? Till this day, we can't figure it out. And who are these people that decide what's good and what's not? Who is who, who are these people? Is there like a, a queen and a king that send the wokeness down? Because one day you can say a plus-size model, and now you, now you can't say anything. You don't mention size. Now, who brings, who is writing these rules? Get into that, too, in another show. We've got so many shows to come. But I just wanted to play something. Twelve people in the room. Millions of dollars a year they get paid. And this is what they come up with. This is, this is what, this is the comedy that they're so good at doing that AI couldn't replace them. This is, they think, after writing this kind of comedy now, that nobody in the world cares about other than this little bubble in L.A. and a little bubble in uh, San Francisco and a bubble in New York, where the rest of America, we sit around and talk like regular adults, and then we get, then we get thrown off YouTube for talk, being regular. So these people want more money. And I don't, you, you listen yourself. And I don't know if I can get all the way through this. If I can get all the way through this, I deserve a treat at the end, like like a chocolate or something, something nice. Because this is painful. These people think this is a uh, this is the Tonight Show, the one and only Tonight Show. Johnny Carson would come on, and he would do these jokes, and you could tell right away. He would admit when they were terrible. They were all terrible. And that was the shtick. That was the, people don't understand. That's the way it was set up. Then tonight she goes to Conan. Conan does a great job. We we all know the fucking story. And now comes Woke Fallon. Woke Fallon. Everybody loves Fallon. You know why? Because he's so woke and careful with his words. And he, he thinks Lizzo's good. All right? Let's just put it this way, all right? 
I don't like Lizzo. And 99% of America doesn't either. I'm right, just put that up. Just put that up there. Okay. Enough. Enough to Lizzo. Okay. Fucking Lizzo. All right. So Jimmy Fallon's the kind of guy that loves Lizzo. And he loves, uh, I just, he has, uh, what's his name from the boy bands? One Direction guy or whatever. Just, just such a fucking fake puke. But this is what people, they think they deserve a raise for writing this, this material. Judge for yourself. Listen to it. And you tell me if these people that wrote this monologue, and this was the last monologue before the strike, that, that, fair enough. I'm just going to give you that this is your latest work. This was the very last episode before the uh, writer's strike went in, and they haven't been able to produce a new show. So let's see. Let's listen. This is the first time you listen to it too, all the way through. We'll see if it deserves a race. Let's see. Let's listen. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Tonight Show. You're here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Uh, well, guys, this is nice. Earlier tonight, the Bidens hosted the president of South Korea and his wife for a state dinner at the White House. Yeah, Biden wanted to meet the, with the most powerful people in South Korea, but BTS was busy. So, Boy band reference. But the, yeah. But the state dinner was fun. Uh, the South Korean president was nodding off because of the jet lag, and Biden was nodding off because it was 6 p.m. And late. Late. I, I thought that the guests were served Maryland crab cake, fennel and cucumber slaw, and a yellow squash soup. Yeah. Then, like every other fancy meal, everyone hit up a McDonald's immediately after. Like, a quarter pounder, starving. Well, people are talking about this today. Disney filed a lawsuit against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for waging a, quote, relentless campaign to weaponize government power against the company. Yeah. In an official statement, the head of Disney's legal team said, <laughs> Wow. My God. Thank you very much, Donald. Oh. Duck. Duck. Go duck mice. Go duck, Go duck mice. Yeah. That's right, DeSantis will be represented by the Florida Attorney General, while Disney will be represented by She-Hulk Attorney at Law. <laughs> Disney hadn't, uh, hasn't taken a politician to court since they sued John Bolton for copyright infringement. <laughs> Geppetto. Speaking of Florida, Governor, apparently former President Trump is listening to insiders who are urging him to make DeSantis his running mate. I have a feeling adding DeSantis to the ticket will be like adding Mentos to Diet Coke. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, I read that Trump is threatening to skip the Republican presidential debates. Trump was like, as people keep telling me, I have the right to remain silent. A lot of people are telling me that. A Republican debate without Trump, even C-SPAN 2, was like, pass. Well, right now, Trump has a lot going on. He's got a new book. He's on the campaign trail, and he's still under investigation. So to find out how Trump's feeling about everything, he actually agreed to join us for an interview. So let's uh, ask him a few questions right now. Uh, Mr. Trump, thanks for doing this. Jimmy Kimmel. Close enough. Uh, now, you... you You've got a new book out called Letters to Trump. How much of your book did you actually read? Like a page or two pages. Okay, okay. Now, the book has a lot of letters from famous people like Oprah and King Charles. What would you say is your favorite letter? The letter C. Now, your, real, your re-election campaign is in full swing. Uh, what do you think Americans say when they think about a rematch between you and Biden? I want to vape. Uh, okay, well, uh, Biden oh, is, is leading you among gold. women, independents, and seniors. Is there anywhere that uh, you've been leading Biden? Arrests. Okay. I can't handle any more of that. 
so the people that wrote that, uh, they want to raise. They, they deserve to be paid more because that's, that's gold. Comedy gold right there. You don't get me started on uh, Saturday Night Live where we had to announce a non-binary. Because I'm uh, There's nobody watching your TV anymore. There's nobody going to the movies anymore. There's nobody. People are on. Even YouTube sucks now too. But YouTube used to be a good, a good place to you know watch shit. It happened. If something happened, you go on YouTube, and they would play it. But now on YouTube, you go on. You know what they do? You got to watch a guy. Talk about it. You don't watch a guy talk about what you wanted to see. You have to see a guy talk about what you wanted to see. It's just, they have to have a guy. Also, the writers are worried about the AI. I wouldn't be worried about it. Because you are AI right now. You're woke AI. You don't understand and more 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 people aren't watching what you're doing. So let me get this straight. And listen, I'm a writer. Okay, I'm supposed to be on their side. I don't understand why the lights went out. That was weird. So what you guys are saying is you're putting up the same exact bullshit on every show every night. Combined, there's a there's got to be a hundred writers on all the late night shows. A hundred writers, and they all come up with the same Trump jokes every night. Every night it's about Trump. Trump this, Trump that. Why? The guy's been out of office for three years, and you're still Jimmy Kimmel has had a joke about Trump every night since he became president, and it's 2023. Every night he does a joke about Trump. In his whole monologues about Trump every night, bashing the guy. Lazy, lazy writing. Less people are watching your shit. Less people like your shit. A computer can do your job within seconds and cost nothing. Can't tell me the producers of, like, The Rookie couldn't go, hey, write me a full season of rookie shows, because all you do is you recycle shows that have been done thousands and thousands of times. You see the same show on different shows. It's the same shit. It's just you guys aren't doing anything that deserves a pay rate. Where is this group of of writers like they had in the 80s with, you know, like Ramus and the Cats? What happened in the early 2000s, Seth and the Cats? You know, sex and... Sex. Seth Rogen and... Franco, and they did everything to take him down. Franco was doing research on a movie. Now he can't act ever again or be. It's just, I, I don't understand. When you sit and think about it, writers, you, you should be happy that you're working at all, let alone bitching about not getting, getting paid more. Like I just said, that monologue we just listened to, 12 people wrote that. 12 people thought that was funny. So you're telling me you're going to come out and do the same stupid jokes that aren't funny and wonder why you can barely, barely get a million people to watch you. 30 million used to watch Johnny Carson back in the day. Johnny Carson was good at it. Jimmy Fallon is a kiss-ass fucking butt boy. I don't know how else to describe him. He's a fucking just little kiss-ass. And the writers are little kiss-asses that sit around and kiss everybody's ass. All they do is lick each other's assholes with a fucking human centipede over there. Yeah, I lasted two days over there. Two days. I lasted. I lasted there two days. All right. So, yeah, I am a little bitter and I'm a little personal. I'm a writer, but I'm going to tell my all my fellow writers, go fuck yourselves. This is stupid. You should be grateful you're getting what you're getting. Television's changing, and it's changed. Nobody watches TV anymore. It's all streaming. And how much money do you think Netflix has? You know, they still have to put shows together. You think they have this unlimited supply of cash? 
No, they don't. They're losing subscribers left and right. They can't afford to pay the guy who wrote the, the first Netflix show, Residuals. Take the fucking deal, shut up, and get back to fucking work. If anything, you should be paid less. Because a fucking computer can do your job. Literally, you could write a full season of, like, The Rookie in two hours. It would, it would do it. If that, it wouldn't even take that long. It would, just take, it would take that long to print the paper. It would take longer to print the paper than it would to write the show. And no one would know the difference. Because all writers have been doing for the last probably 10 years on television and everywhere else is just recycling the same shit. What original breakthrough show have you seen in the last 10 years? Nothing. Can't see anything. Maybe on the, uh, Philadelphia, always sunny in Philadelphia, maybe. I mean, they, they push it as far as I've seen it pushed. But that's one show. All that other shit, like the Goldbergs and the, I don't even know, name whatever shit. They're not funny. They're written by woke cunts that don't know what funny is and live in this, this little bubble with all these trans and gay and LGBT and, uh, you know how many LGBT people are in normal everyday life around America? Not many, all right? You know how many people go to bed thinking about LGBTQ? Not many. Little elephant in the room there. So quit writing shows for these this group of people in this, you know, where you can afford a $3,000 a month apartment because you recycled Gilligan's Island once again for the Goldbergs. We are really out of time. I want to say thank everybody for listening. I just want to tell the writers, sign the fucking deal, man. I want to get back to work, and I want my shows to come back. I don't want – I got to figure out what's going on with the fucking final series of Cobra Kai. You can't fuck me on my Cobra Kai. Your first writing strike, you fucked us on that fucking Rescue Me show, and I still ain't over that. You fucked me out of Rescue Me when, you're, when we did the first strike. You ruined Rescue Me, and now you're ruining the whole fall schedule because you're greedy little cunts that don't even, you don't deserve a raise. And you know how you beat a computer? Write better shit, assholes. Write better shit. How's that? Tonight for only Johnny. A little too inside of baseball for most of you, I understand, but we need to take the deal because Johnny needs to get back to work, and I can't just rely on a podcast. I've only made $18 so far on this thing. Good night, everybody.
tonight, one of our entrants in the uh, worst song ever that it's been uh, the boys are going to rock. Yes, that is going to be in our top ten worst songs of heavy metal uh, posted later on today. All right, show's over. Live, live audience is gone. Just wanted to say a couple of things before I left here tonight. We are going on tour. <clears throat> we are uh, looking into the rental of the RV. Once again, we did this back in, uh, well, when is that? When did we go on last year? 2013. So it's going to be our 10-year anniversary tour of the first tour. Uh, where I got arrested three times. So we're going to see if a felon could travel cross-country and uh, make it to New York City without getting arrested. That's going to be the... Uh... So what we're going to do is our first night will be in Reno. I can't wait to get to Reno. Oh, God, I hate Reno. But Reno is shady as fuck. That place is fucking shady. Take, like, the worst part of L.A., that or of Vegas. I'm sorry. They're too long. And uh, that is goddamn Reno. Reno is a fucking nightmare. The police is a fucking nightmare. Gang members just willingly shoot you for no reason on the streets in Reno. And then we are going to spend four nights in Elko, my favorite place in the world. I love Elko. I love those girls over in Elko. They're so fun. I do a little diddling and dancing. We're heading to Utah. We're heading to Montana. We're heading to North and South Dakota for the first time. Then we're going down, all the way down to the middle. We're going to hit the middle. The middle is going to be the most dreadful time of the tour. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Just check in on the marijuana. I'm excited about the tour. The big announcement will be tomorrow night. But, uh, one thing I wanted to say before I did leave tonight is watching all these guys talk about Bud Light. By the way, I did some research on this Bud Light thing. All right? And you know, I went around and I asked the guys at the 7-Eleven. I asked the guy. I went, I went to Costco the other day to eat lunch. And I was watching them restock that Bud Light way more than they were restocking any other beer. I've seen more people buying, I saw more Bud Light being bought than any other beer. I still see Bud Light. I, still, I don't see anybody not drinking Bud Light. I think I, I see less Bud Light everywhere. So there's, there's two different things going on. There's reality and then there's fiction. The fiction is is that nobody's buying Bud Light. They're panicking. The company's over. They're done. Everybody in America just stopped drinking their favorite beer that they've been drinking for 30 years. They love that Doug Spud McKenzie, and they love Bud Light. You think they just, they, oh, God, they sent a can to one of them LGBTQs. Ain't drinking it no more. Really? They're still selling more Bud Light than anything. I, I, to this day, I don't understand why people drink Bud Light, because I think it's the worst beer ever made. I won't drink it. If there's a, like, I've been to parties, too, and it's like, what do you got to drink? We got, oh, we got a cake of Bud Light. And I'll be like, okay, I'm not drinking beer tonight. What else you got? Oh, we just got the Bud Light. Well, I guess I'm leaving, because I'm going to go to the store and get some real beer, man beer, and I'll be back. But everybody I've asked, all the convenience store guys around here that I've that I stopped by or talked to, I, I, Bud Light's selling more than it ever has before. Ever. They mind fuck you. They mind fuck you. Everybody on Rumble now is going to say that nobody's buying Bud Light. Oh, the company's dead. It's going to die. No. No. There's two two worlds. There's the world that you talk about in your little world. You're on Rumble, which I will probably become a part of the cult here in 
start saying Pelosi over and over again, too. But are you under the impression that nobody's buying Bud Light? Go to your store. Go to your store and report back to me tomorrow. Bud Light doing in your area? Because these are the same people that ban the NFL, and the NFL seems to be doing okay. These are the same people that ban Nike shoes, and uh, Nike shoes seems to be doing okay. And what a backhanded slap to the LGBT community anyways. I don't like them. I don't like them queers. I ain't going to buy another beer. The way the media is just, they want people to start, they want friction between the LGBTQ and regular population. They want friction because they love it. You're gonna accept you're gonna accept me for who I am. I'm this and that me, 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 me. And then uh, the guy that goes to work for me goes, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm I'm not gonna talk to you. We're not friends. We're not gonna hang out. I'll never see you in my life. I'll see you on maybe T V. In my everyday life I'm not hanging out with people like you. But I like Bud Light. I don't care who they send a goddamn Bud Light game to. I had some weirdo that dresses up like a woman. Who cares? That guy's not even... The guy is broadcasting to the... To the how do I put this? The outcast of society. It's a simple... It's a simple way to get an audience. It's to find a group of people that are hurt and have a lot of... Just leave it at that. Bud Light is being sold like crazy. Seriously, Bud Light. Remember there was a point where they were going to, um, I think Tractor Supply, they were going to ban. They were going to ban the this and that. Target, yeah, Target. Target's really hurting. Go buy your local Target tomorrow, Tuesday. Do me a favor tomorrow. Go buy uh, your local Target tomorrow and see parking lot is full. You don't even have to go in because you, you, the place is so try to groom your kids into to being transgender. Go, go to the parking lot. See, uh, see how dead the target is. Yeah, it really affected target shopping. And, and see, why don't you go into target and see how much Bud Light they have there. The target will be full of people buying Bud Light tomorrow. That simple. Quit being stupid. But then quit believing what you're seeing on TV. Quit being scared of AI. People that are scared of AI are people that are AI already. They don't have an original thought in their head. They're good at kissing people's asses and pretending to be gay and pretending to be the 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 woke boss of the moment to get their jobs. Either they're scared of AI because there isn't an original thought in their fucking mind because their mind is so scrambled with all these drugs that they have to take. So they can just get any. Yeah, everybody has anxiety because they don't want to go to work in the morning. But mine's more special because I identify as Hershey. Like a Hershey candy bar? No, Hershey, she, her. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. People are drinking Bud Light. People are going to Target. And like I said, AI, the people that are scared of AI are, are unoriginal cucks. They have no business being in a writer's room to begin with. They have no business being where they are. Other than kissing ass, saying the right thing at the right time to the right little pocket the producers that have the money. All right. We have to go. There's a new group downstairs. It's almost two in the morning. Plus later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tomorrow night, Marijuana Happy Hour comes back. We'll see you then. Have a good time.
check us out on all the stuff. And thank you, French, France, and South Africa for being such loyal fans. Good night, everybody.